0: And I went to a HBCU. So Donald went to Alcorn State, and he knows firsthand that a lot of HBCUs don't have what Power Fives have or they don't have what good FCS school have. at. But Dell State wanted to make a change in their athletics program. Here, they're trying to market better. But the third dimension is the best one, is the heart. If you can capture their heart, they'll do anything for you. Don has his company he came up with a great business plan business model
1: what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of the cheeky mid where we are making strength and conditioning not anymore not boring anymore not boring Right? and this uh randy moore is on the show and we were just talking off air about dell state and the reason that um i've been there before we were talking about the facility so keep talking about what you're talking about with all those the, the updates because these strength coaches listening right now they might be like I need to update my weight room. So let's talk about the updates that you got coming and how you did it, because that was super cool to hear.
0: Well, first thing, um, yes, I'm at Dell State, but Delaware State actually contracted their strength and conditioning. So I believe we're one of the first schools to actually contract strength and conditioning, and um Driven Elite. So Driven Elite is the company. And uh, Donald Driver, former Green Bay Packers, Hall of who fanger, was a savage
1: he, on uh, dude. All he did was catch touchdown passes. Oh, my still God.
0: Looks like it. Still looks like he can do it. Bro, he rich. was jacked. like Still jacked. Is he? Still jacked. Looks oh, like my god! Right, right now, and he, he's a great, great guy. Like, great guy.
1: That's so um, cool.
0: He's done so much for me in three, three four months that I've been working with him. Um, but anyway, his company is uh, contracted by Dell State, so... Now that we're not employed through the school, we're employed through his company, his company has more range and more freedom, you know, to spice things up. So here Dell State, yes, it had already had large facility and, you know, great, uh, great things here, but we got to change the sound system. We got to add a new turf, which is about 38 yards, almost 40, 38 all black. Right Um, in the middle of the weight room,
1: too. Sorry to interrupt you. Right. Like right in the middle of the weight room. Yep. Yeah. That's what I thought.
0: Right in the middle of it. Um, 18 racks. Uh, We have a few more cardio uh, equipment, just added rowers, saw bikes, uh, treadmills. Uh, We're going to get a few more uh, pieces of equipment and then uh, eventually sometime next semester um, or in the summer, we're going to get iPads and cameras at each rack. So we have 18 racks and we're just trying to make it more efficient for the athletes and ourselves and just give them a better experience. So,
1: and uh, so th- now we're caught up to where we were talking beforehand. Is it still just you and an assistant? It was my original question. And it's because one of my former colleagues, Joel Welsh and his, yeah. a former intern of ours, Tyler, they were the staff. And so when I was at Towson, because Joel and Mara, his wife and my wife, Megan, we were all close and our boys. So, you know, we took a weekend and spent time with them. And so I, I remember the room and I remember it was just him and Tyler. And mm. so that's why, like, it, it's all ringing bells for me. Is it just you? Because like you said, it sounds like there's more.
0: All right, so we're driven the lead. I'm actually one of the assistants. I'm the lead football strength coach. But I'm one of the assistants. We have a director of operations so they're actually married, so Director director of Operations and Director of Strength and Conditioning, they're married. Um, their names are Allen and Millicent Van Norden. So Millie, Coach Millie, she runs like the operations. She's like the AD. She does the scheduling, meets with stuff we don't have to do as a strength coaches, You know, she does the scheduling, meetings, all that. We can just do our jobs freely, you know. Coach Allen, he's the Director of Strength and Conditioning. And then we have three assistant strength and conditioning coaches. So myself, there's coach Nick. We're hiring the third one, uh, the end of this month. And then we have a GA and then we're going to add two more GAs. So
1: I, that is so unbelievable to hear, because like I said, I know back when it was Joel and Tyler and one other person. So to hear that much growth, like how did that happen?
0: Going back to Donald, <laughs> going back to Donald. So I don't know what previously happened, but Dell State wanted to make a change um, in their athletics program. You know, um, here they're trying to market better, They're trying to market better. So uh, Donald, you know, has his company, came up with a great, you know, business plan, business model. It's like, man, I went to a HBCU. So, Donald went to Alcorn State and he knows firsthand that a lot of HBCUs don't have what Power Fives have or they don't have what good FCS schools have, you know. But Dale State actually has some, you know, good stuff here. So, just to make it a little more marketable and more branding and making things more efficient, um, Donald, you know, shopped his idea out to different schools and then. Dale State was one of the first ones, like, let's contract, you know, so contract the strength and conditioning. And then his company's really the main reason why we get so much enhancement uh, with what we're doing. Uh, we, we actually, I don't know if you saw the nutrition station when you were here, um, but we've added nutrition station, um, not a kid's, you know, can get protein or bars, or, uh, honey stingers after lifts and whatnot, and um, this time around next year, it'll be a well-oiled machine, but we have student workers you know, to make smoothies, uh, milkshakes, and things of that nature uh, after they're done working out. So.
1: so the reason that that is just hitting so home to me is it was not like that when I was there. Joel literally had $2,000 for the whole semester mm-hmm. for the nutrition budget. Yeah. And so what he did was he just took all of that and bought 10-pound bags of whey protein from Optimum and had gatorade bottles just to give them whey protein at the very like he realized he's like what's the bare essentials that i need to give him and that's what he gave them um so to hear that just is the nutrition contracted out too or is it just strength and conditioning
0: uh i really don't know the full extent of that i just know we can work hand in hand with athletics in our company so if athletics puts up two, $3,000 and we put up the rest, like we get to add, we get to enhance to the department, but our, our business, you know, we have a little more money than the athletics department. (laughs) So, but we, we work combined. So. How
1: did you, how did you get in touch with all of them? Like how did this all come to fruition? Because, you know, if anybody looks you up right now, um, you know, you and I were both at, uh, you were at Hampton. We were both in the CAA. You were at Norfolk state before that. Um, how did that all this transpire? Cause anybody saw you on social, like it seemed like it just kind of happened out of nowhere. <laughs> it right.
0: It did. So it was really funny. And this is, I'm, I'm a believer. So I believe in God and he did all this for me. Same. So Hampton most recently I was the head football strength coach at Hampton last year. And um, I was getting married last year. So um, my wife and I, we had long conversation lot of praying and we had to make the best move for our marriage because a lot of a lot of my family you know they tell me family and friends they'll tell me put your marriage put everything in your marriage you know like start it off right and we'll just say hampton wasn't the place for me to start off my marriage right so i ended up resigning december 31st well i gave the two weeks on december 17th literally got married December 21st oh my god when I got back to Virginia (laughs) uh I moved up to Charlottesville because that's where my wife was didn't have a job didn't have anything so really took a leap of faith so I was in Charlottesville Virginia January to July so while I was in Charlottesville um there's a gym called adapt you know I did some part-time training there um with the UVA, a lot of UVA people go there, a lot of local high schoolers and whatnot. Um, But they, I can't thank them enough. Adapt, Adapt Charlottesville. So if you're in Charlottesville, check out Adapt. So private, private sector, great guys. Um, The men's basketball strength coach actually owns that company, Adapt. So Mike Curtis, great guy too. Great guy. I feel like I've heard the
1: name before. Yeah.
0: Great guy. Got to meet with him, talk shop with him, and he just opened my eyes to you know a few things. And then working with the dad. It, it just it was what I needed at that moment, you know. But I still wanted to get back in collegiate strength and conditioning. So around June, you know, I'm applying for jobs. I had you know interviews at a few schools. saw saw this on LinkedIn, driven the lead working at Dell State. I'm like, eh, I'm gonna just apply, you know. I saw saw Donald Driver and. You know, all that. I'm going to just apply. I get a call the same night. So a guy who's like my uncle, uh, his name's Coach Willie Totten. He know, Jerry Rice's quarterback. So when I worked in Mississippi at Mississippi Valley State, me and him got real close because I used to train his daughter, too. She plays basketball. So he calls me the same night. Like, hey, he calls me Coach Swole. <laughs> He's like, Coach Swole. Coach Swole, uh
1: what's up strength coaches taking a quick break away from the show to let you know about our membership site Not only do we at Strength Coach Network put out the Cheeky midweekie, but we have a membership site where you gain access to a video library and a members-only forum. Inside the video library, you will have access to over 170 different lectures, which equals over 400 hours of content. Inside of these content, it is every sport you could think of and every topic in strength and conditioning. In our members-only forum, we have career advice and we have topics in strength and conditioning where coaches ask each other questions and we help each other inside the network. You can try the network out for 24 hours for $1 if you are not a member. Click the link down below and you will be able
0: to check us out. You you just applied? Cause Donald just called me. I was like, oh snap, you know him? Like, yeah, that's like my little nephew, <laughs> you know? So he's calling him. He's, he's like, he's gonna call you tomorrow. Like I put in a good word for you. And at that time I'm like, I don't know if I really want this job cause I don't want to move to Delaware. Like I don't want to move here. So I get the interview. Um, the interview went great. Interview went great. Like it's one of the most professional interviews I've ever had in my life. Like just great.
1: Was it in person or how did it go? It
0: it was Zoom. It was Zoom. So Donald was in his, uh, still in Texas. And then I had it with coach Millie and coach Allen. Interview went great. So about five days later, I actually declined it. I declined the job. Cause I'm like at the same time I had some other <laughs> had some other things going. uh it just didn't come through. so recircled back, did some renegotiate, renegotiating, and then uh, my wife and I prayed on it again, got some counseling um, from our pastor and friends, and ended up taking it second time around so it, it was it was really crazy. <laughs> really crazy, but looking back, I'm I'm glad God put me here because it's really the right timing for where I'm at in my life and my wife, you know. So it's really a two for one, and you can't beat that. So
1: you can't. I feel like uh, I feel like God put me in the same position here uh, with my wife and my and myself. Like, what it made it so special for you and her. What what is she doing?
0: So my wife, when she was at when we met, she she does FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Okay. She she did um, sports ministry for the women's basketball team at UVA. She did the track and field team, softball, rowing. So she was basically, you know, kind of like their chaplain.
1: Their chaplain, yeah.
0: And whatnot. So what turned out great for both of us here, she knew the former FCA director that was at Dell State. But after COVID, Dell State kind of just, you know, like, shut it down. It didn't come back. So I told um, my my supervisors and the head football coach you know my wife's gonna be coming she does FCA blase 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 so lo and behold she I got here first in August she comes in September she gets here in September um, Dell State has a football chaplain but he couldn't do it so football coach comes up to me like would your, would your wife mind you know doing chapel the first? uh first week okay i asked her she's cool so that first week turned into the rest of the year (laughs) you know the ad ad gatson she got to see the second one she loves it she started making connections and fca is starting to get rolling we just have to sign a few papers and make sure it's a legit thing on campus and then this time around next year it'll be in full circle i mean not next year next semester it'll be in full circle So she gets to jump right back into FCA like she never left, you know. And she gets to actually lead it. She gets to lead it. So it's been great just watching her, just doing her thing with the athletes um, that she's meeting. And just really, she got to travel with me, (laughs) you know, with FCA. And she's the chaplain. So we got to travel together, work together. And it was just beautiful, you know. So
1: That's unbelievable. And hearing that, it's like, there's no way that that could have been done on humans time. Like, there's no way like that, that that is divine intervention right there. Anybody listening to that right there? Like how, there's no way you could have planned that.
0: None. None Uh, whatsoever.
1: How did you have hearing you talk about, you know, the ability to renegotiate like any of our strength coaches that might be listening. Maybe they're in a position like for, for me, when I was at Iowa, I needed to get out and I needed to go to Towson. Like I, I it was time for me to leave. Um, What, how do you handle that? Like you were in a position where you kind of wanted, like you wanted to do your own thing. Like how did you have the fortitude and the strength to be like, you know what? I think this is right, but I'm going to actually say no and try to renegotiate. Cause I don't think that that's something that us strength and conditioning coaches get taught. Or learn how to
0: do? Well, I know for me, it comes down to two things. One, like I said, I'm a believer. So I'm, I'm going to take it straight to the Lord. Like, look, Lord, I, this is what I want. But I don't know how to go about it. This was actually my first time renegotiating ever. Okay. You know, first time. So after I prayed about it, my mentor came to mind. My mentor's name is Stefan Healy. He's the first guy that gave me a strength and conditioning opportunity very professional man. Um, So he worked at, he works at Gallaudet University in DC school for the deaf and hard of hearing. So that's where I got my first uh, opportunity at to do strength and conditioning. So I looked to him for a a lot of professional advice. So I I called him uh, like coach Healy. I I actually declined the job because I told him, you know, I had an interview and whatnot. Um, I want to renegotiate, but I don't know how to go about it. So he told me how to re- renegotiate. He told me what he usually does is, if they give you a price that, you know, you think is low, go ten thousand higher, and see what happens. Because the worst they're gonna say is no. Once. Once he told me that, I was like, okay, I feel I feel a little more confident, you know, because the worst they are going to say is no, <laughs> you know, and if it's a no, you can just move on, you know, so that was that for the salary, and then um, just explain, just be upfront and truthful, was that be upfront and truthful what your situation is and what you need, you know, so I was upfront and truthful, like, this is my situation, and this is what I need, To actually just consider coming there. Not saying I'm going to come there, but I'll hardly consider coming there if we make A, B, C, D. And then he told me if A, B, C, and D don't get fulfilled, try to get at least two or four. And then if you feel comfortable, you and your wife, then move forward. You know, so if you don't get the full plate, maybe you'll get 75%, maybe you get 50%, but if it's good for what you need, then go ahead and take it. It's still not, don't take it. You know? So, doing that, I'm like, dang, that's my first time negotiating. I didn't get 100% of what I wanted, but I literally got 85%.
1: That's some outstanding advice, not only for me to hear, but I feel like for our listeners out there who, I mean, the fact that that was your first time doing it, you got 85% of what you wanted. Like, shout out to you for that. (laughs) That's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. It it can seem nerve wracking to, I'm like, I'm nervous. I, don't, I ain't never done this. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm an a-hole or anything like that.
1: Yeah, especially. Like, yes.
0: But just be honest and upfront. That's the main thing my, my mentor told me to. Like, just be honest upfront. The worst they're going to say is no. You know? So I take so, that to heart.
1: Oh, keep going. Sorry about that.
0: No, I was just saying, I take that to heart. You know, like if they say no, then it's not meant to be. <laughs> you know, it wasn't for you.
1: So hearing, you know, you talk about the the differences and how you're like, okay I get to just do my job with football. Do you think it's good? Like, is is there any fear maybe that you have or apprehension where, okay if you're in charge of everything, you know more versus is it? are you getting into a siloed approach because you're only doing your thing or is it, no, you just get to be super specific with your time and then you're collaborative on the back end. And the reason I ask this is, you know, we're seeing more and more, at least in strength coach network, high performance teams and collaboration between ATC and nutrition and all of this. So if you're starting to fractionalize it where you're not even doing the scheduling, is that an issue? I know that's a complicated question, but what are your thoughts on all that?
0: I'll say at first for me at first, it was an issue because I'm like, this is unorthodox. I'm used to I'm used to scheduling. I'm used to doing this. I'm used to doing that. But what I see now, it gives me more time. Like it gives me so much time to just focus more on football. And I'm working three other teams. They're small teams, tennis, bowling, and volleyball. But it gives me more time to focus on my athletes. You know, like I don't have to worry about all right. Uh, you can't make this day. You can't make that day. You can't do this. You can't do that. Like that's already enough stress. I'm like, yes, there's too much stress. I'm just yes. trying to train these kids, like <laughs> make them better at life and for their sport. But now I got everything on top of that. Boom, boom, boom. It takes so much stress, like away from my head, from my body. Like I don't have to worry about that. That's what our director of operations is for She's kind of like the assistant AD for strength and conditioning that yeah. handles all the paperwork. Yes, once everything is drawn out, then she lets us know, all right, this is the schedule. If you make, if you have to make a little tweak, that's fine. You know, but I don't have to worry about
1: what's up, strength coaches. Want to take a quick break from the show to talk to you about our sponsor, Team Builder. Team Builder is your one-stop shop for online training platform needs as a coach. With Team Builder, you're going to be able to program for your athletes, whether they're in person or remote. Using TeamBuilder, not only will you be able to program for your athletes, but there are special features such as the leaderboard and locking training with wellness questionnaires. With the leaderboard, you can have an exercise performed that day, whether it be a lift, a sprint, or a jump, and scores can be updated in real time and projected on a TV in the training. Wellness questionnaires can be used at the beginning of training, and your athletes will have to fill them out prior to being able to train. This ensures that as a coach, you're being able to collect quality data before the athletes train. So, if you're interested in TeamBuilder, click the link down below and find out more information. Taking a quick break from the show to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Hawken Dynamics. Hawken Dynamics builds and designs software and hardware for coaches, athletic trainers, sports scientists, and everybody in the high-performance department. Most notably, their use of their force plates with the ease of transportation and ease of use. Not only did I use them when I was at Towson, but I've used them when I've moved back here to iowa with tucker at goldfinch so check out Hawkin dynamics in the link down
0: below now
1: let's get back to the show
0: oh, we can just do strength and conditioning <laughs> you know like it it's like you're more free the best way i could put it i'm, I'm just free <clears throat> do you think that this
1: is the the all. now potential future because people are going to start hearing about this and i hope it starts to catch fire do you think that this is a potential future because i know at towson there were athletic training positions that were contracted out through MedStar. Like is mm-hmm. this is the first time I've ever heard about it. Strength and conditioning. Actually, no MedStar was going to start doing a strength and conditioning position at Loyola. Like, is mm-hmm. this a new trend that's going to start to happen?
0: From what I see, I think it can be because we're trailblazing. This is the first time it's done here. And I'm not going to say it's the first time done ever, but this is the first time I know about that it has been done at the college level. I think it can be a trend. You know, in a good way, because one, what I'm learning, if you contract another company to do something for you, specifically AT, I believe is less money on the athletics department. You know, now you don't have to pay eight athletic trainers or nine, ten or whatever. You don't have to pay five strength coaches. So I know it's going to trend probably in the HBCU realm uh, just a little bit more but hopefully it trends a little more because what I like about it is time management and quality of life. You know, like, I don't want, I'm not going to say I'm going to have the most perfect marriage, but I don't want our marriage to suffer because of my job in the strengthening condition. You know, like when I say right now, time balance and just, Quality of life has been so much better doing this contract position through another company, and I still get to do what I love to do. Like, I, I can't ask for more. You know? Yeah, you're
1: giving me goosebumps hearing that because I feel like there had been an exodus of coaches where it's like they're yeah. going tactical. They're going high school. they are I mean, right. shit, they're going to go sell – VALD and all these different pieces of equipment to still kind of be in athletics, mm-hmm. but they're just kind of fed up with what you talked about. And that's where we've talked about the four Ps pay, personal life, career progression, sense of greater purpose. Career. And if you don't have all four, like it's okay, you know, four or four, three or four, two or four, one or four, very similar to what your mentor talked about. And I am getting excited because I don't want to see great coaches leave the field. I wanna make I wanna make athletics and college athletics strength and conditioning better to do exactly what you said. Help them with their sport, but become better people. Um, I mean shoot, even if you're in a position that you can do things with FCA and show them, you know, the gospel and spread the news of Jesus Christ with them. Like doing all of those things, but you can then take the stress of everything off the table with it. Like that's what I'm excited about right now.
0: Oh, most definitely. Like The first month, like I said, it was unorthodox. I'm getting. Were you
1: like walking on eggshells, like because that's what I would have been doing. I would have been like, "What do I do?"
0: Yeah, that's because I'm Uh, like. like, Basically, the best I can put this is the private sector messed with, meshed with collegiate athletics, but you still get to be a strength coach. (laughs) That's
1: a good. That's a good way of saying it. That makes sense.
0: But I'm like, is it was unorthodox, but now I'm like it it's not unorthodox, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a feel of how everything is going. Like the kids love it. Kids love it. Coaches, they're jumping on board slowly, but surely. Like it's, it's been great.
1: So do they feel like you guys are like kind of mercenaries for lack of a term, better term, like rather than like, is it almost like, I'm not, I'm not saying that the military and athletics are the same. I'm not, <laughs> but is it like contracted mercenary military versus like, the army because they were people that already like, were they afraid that maybe people wouldn't care as much because it's not a Dell state people. Like, was that something that they had to overcome? And if so, what's the piece of advice you'd give to any strength coach that maybe is going through this or they might be implementing this soon.
0: I'll say it's more so a culture thing. You know, I'll say, you say contracted mercenary, we're more like a contracted mediator. We're mediating, you know, so, we're changing the culture uh, that was here before. And, you know, I'm never going to speak bad about people or anything like that. Whatever strength coach you do, whatever strength and conditioning you do, you're going to have to, it's going to be a culture. It could be a great culture, it could have been a bad culture, it could have been a okay culture. But you want to get the culture break. And that's what we're doing uh, here as contracted mediators, I'll say. Like I said before, just mediating and mitigating, and then just helping the culture.
1: Now, what culture is it? Anybody listening to that? Is it Dell state culture? Is it, um, driven elite culture? Like which one is it? And do you have to choose or like?
0: Dell state culture. Okay. We're changing Dell state culture to get elite (laughs) driven elite to up to our culture, up to our standards, but how we do it is very tactical. Uh, I believe the the biggest thing you have to do in changing the culture is treating people like they're people with respect, like love them. Like, yes, they're athletes, but they're people first, (laughs) you know? And I think, you know, in my younger days, I looked at them as athletes first instead of people, you know, I want you to squat this. I want you to run this. At the end of the day, no one cares about that. You know, outside and outside world, we got to get them as people first, you know? And that's what we've been doing this whole month, like just loving these kids, encouraging them, saying you can, like, we don't wanna hear what what we used to. Yeah, that's fine, but we're moving forward, you know? That's fine, you can express that, but if it's negative, we don't wanna hear it. Like, We don't wanna hear any negativity here, cause we ain't got nothing to do with that, (laughs) you know? We have nothing to do with negativity, so we're gonna be positive, And this is just the culture moving forward, you know, so.
1: Can you speak to that mindset? Because I feel like right now, anybody listening, I'm not sure if you're going to be listening to it now, but this is the first day in the month of December, 2023. So this is the first week where there's a lot of change in college football. There's a lot of like Mm -hmm. people are going to be having new jobs and taking over programs. And you have a very positive, not punching down mindset speak to coaches that maybe had that because I used to be that way and I'm still working on it, but how speak positivity into it, speak advice to our listeners out there of like, okay, if you're coming in and even if the program did things that you don't agree with and maybe aren't even the best and most safe, how do you handle that professionally? Because hearing you speak for the last 27 minutes has been nothing like it. it, I want your advice too. And I want everybody else to hear it. (laughs)
0: Well, I I say this. Start off with this. Um, it's a book called Three D Coaching, Three Dimensional Coaching. Uh, FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes tries to give it to most of their coaches on staff. Well, not most of their coaches on staff. So, for example, I say at UVA, um, my wife introduced me to Three D Coaching. You know, I'm like, I don't even know what Three D Coaching is. Like, but all it is is positivity. So a lot of coaches, and I'm one, I, I used to do this, like I'm not saying I'm the perfect coach. I'm never going to say I'm the perfect coach. I used to look at uh, athletes as, you know, what they can do for me, you know? And if we do that, that's the wrong mindset. Cause eventually you're going to lose them because in their minds, we don't care about them, Yep. you know? So three-dimensional coaching, the first dimension is just physical. You know, that's how I looked at my athletes, like physical, squat, bench, clean, run, jump. I want great numbers. That means I'm a great coach. Not necessarily because it don't work for every athlete. Some athletes, you can work in the first dimension for them because they really care about it. Like jumping, cleaning, sprinting, cutting. Second dimension is the next surface, you know, their mind. Like, all right. Can we can we get their minds going with the physical? But the third dimension is the best one is the heart. If you can capture their heart, they'll do anything for you. Now, how they how you capture their heart? You got to get to know them just a little bit. You know, outside the strength and conditioning, do they have kids? Where they're from? What they majoring in? What is their why? What's their family situation? And now, it's not all going to happen overnight. You know, it's just little subtle things each day. Uh, You find out they have a child outside of here. How's your kid doing? Like, when I ask kids that, oh, you know, I got a kid, and you you asking about it, like, you care. Because a lot of people, a lot of coaches or a lot of people don't know, and they don't ask that. Once you capture that heart, they start coming up to you, how you doing today, coach? You know, you start getting communication and dialogue. That's what you want. Once you get that communication and dialogue, they respect you, you know? So once we capture that heart, the rest will come, the physical and the mind.
1: Doesn't that – does it blow your mind a little bit because you you know that? So – and I feel like I do too because I used to try to make that emphasis of – during the warmup, either it was everybody was like if, if they're foam rolling and mini banding, like we wouldn't cadence everything or even if it was cadence, I'd try to have a leader on the team do it or my assistants because I'd want to walk around and talk to the players and just get to know. Like So for me, hearing that and being like, OK, I understand that. How do you, again, handle the coaches that don't do that without getting mad? And I guess I'm starting to answer my own question. It's like, okay, that's A, that's not the way Jesus would have done it, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, they somebody can't – if somebody's never been – you can't give what you've never been given. Is that really what it is? Like, I feel like I'm talking to myself.
0: <laughs> I got you. No, I understand that. From, from what – I'll say I started this at Norfolk State in Mississippi Valley. So Mississippi Valley and Norfolk State when I started learning <laughs> – without this three D dimensional book is three words that you have to be active about. It has to be action. It is. I love you. You know, some coaches will say, I love you, but it's after a game and we won. Oh, I love you, man. But to the kid it's like, I love you only because I produced the win for you or a conditional win for you. When you said warm-ups, foam rolling, things like that, during the warm-ups, what I started doing either after or before, like, I'll dap you up. Hey, I love you. Let's have a great day. Boom, I love you. Let's have a great day. I love you. Did you pass that, that class today? You know, it's something. Something I love you and something related to the kid. But then on top of that, you have to show every day that you love them. Open door policy uh at the end if you come down hard on them come down hard on them then positively reinforce them you know this is all out of love tomorrow i'm still gonna love you huh today over with you know they know if you take it personal or not like you say hi to them today and then tomorrow you don't say hi to them that may be a personal thing i tell them hey I'm gonna tell you, hi, good morning, I love you every single day because it's not personal to me. I'm just trying to get you better. (laughs) You know, that's all I'm trying to do. But if I don't, me personally, if I don't speak to you, then it's personal. You know, that's just for me. I can't speak for any other coach out there. But if I don't speak to you every day, it's probably because of something personal. You know, like I have a grudge or something. And if I do that, please call me out. So, another thing that goes along with this love thing, When we mess up, we have to own up to it, too. They have to see us. Like It's been times where I've been like, look, guys, look, ladies, I messed up, and I apologize. That goes a long way because they got to see we're human, too. We're going to mess up.
1: Quick break from the show to remind you to hit that like and subscribe button, so that way you get notifications of when more content like this gets released. So click that like and subscribe button, and with that, let's get back to the show. Yeah, I actually had that... I had that happen for me when one time, uh, we had a kid, he didn't show up to training and there was, um, bad, there was no miscommunication. There was miscommunication in the way that we handled, um, somebody missing the discipline for it was okay instead of doing speed session we would push uh prowlers as the speed session like we would still have work to rest ratios that were appropriate Mm. but like okay we would change the speed session and then we would change the lift to doing plate getups and it's like okay look we're gonna make sure it's prescriptive we're not adding this into the lifting but we're gonna be very detailed in understanding that hey This happened. This is the reminder. Mm. And the kid actually wound up communicating it properly to his position coach, but not properly through the channel so that we knew. So the the guys got, you know, had to do modified training because of this. And then long story short, okay, I didn't get communicated with. And so what I did is like, all right, fellas, there was a little bit of miscommunication. I'm going to take the responsibility. I'm going to do the same exact thing. And I was like, listen, if you want to come to the weight room, you can watch me do the same six reps of the prowler pushes at the same weight. I'm going to do the same amount of plate getups for the same sets of time. You can watch me if you want to see me do it or not. I am doing it because yes, I, I could have easily been like, it wasn't my fault, but I took the extreme ownership route of it. And I think it, it was as good of a win-win situation as possible. Cause I felt like I could have just been like, Bop, your fault. You should have communicated it with me. Right.
0: Right. I, I've done that here too <laughs> <laughs> it, it was I love, first let me circle back to you I love, I love hearing that You know, cause We're not perfect either nope. You know, but when people See that we mess up too And we own up to it I believe that goes a long way So example, and I'm gonna ask you How that athlete uh, Looked at it the way you did it, like, you know, like, I messed up. I'm going to do it, too. Well, let me just go into that. How did that athlete respond after that? How did you see that athlete respond to you after that?
1: Oh, it definitely – uh the situation was diffused because yeah. at first he was pissed. He yeah. was pissed, and he was like, this is bullshit. The coaches always say that we got to be held accountable, but nobody's holding the coaches accountable. And Amen. it instantly was diffused.
0: Amen. <laughs> diffused, great same thing happened here um kid shows up late and it's because of something that wasn't his fault actually it wasn't his fault it wasn't my fault you know but i had him do our reminders plate get-ups and i'm like i don't want to hear that you know like we're trying to change the culture like we need to be better go i go back to the kid like look sir that's my fault you know so whatever you did i'm gonna do it plus five you know cuz i messed up and i i'm sorry i apologize you know so i feel like i need to just like you said i need to do the reminders too and yep. i'm going to do it right in front of you after we get done lifting situation like you said diffused diffused moving forward we never had an issue you know we we actually have more dialogue you know like coach i respect you for doing that cuz this is way the athlete said at. Coach, I respect you for doing that because a lot of coaches feel like they're always right. Yep. Well, I can't speak for other coaches, Mr. Athlete, but <laughs> this is just what Coach to do. But like you said, it diffuses, and then I believe, like you said, you capture that, that athlete's heart. They'll do anything for you, you know? Yeah,
1: I think that that definitely, like, it, it's a complex situation. You can't singular anything out, but I feel like that athlete and I definitely had a better relationship after that and he was a kid that was always he was super tough and always held his hand cards close to his chest mm-hmm. and then like eventually had the courage when we were going through something as a team like he actually cried in front of me and like we were able to have like a real relationship um again not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but like i feel that that situation i definitely could have gone one way or the other and anybody listening to this now old like quote unquote old me i probably would have blown up and been like no it don't matter." like same but here. as as a much more mature, better coach, I'm telling you, like I learned more from these kids when I was working with them at Towson than they than I than anything otherwise. Like I learned to be a better coach from making all the mistakes that I made. Yeah. Plain and simple.
0: I'm with you on that, a hundred percent. Um,
1: switching switching stories like what is your origin story like we've kind of teased around it but for anybody that's made it this far like what is your background what got you into strength and conditioning like dive into your genesis
0: all right i'll start in high school so i'm originally from detroit uh went to detroit renaissance high school one of the best high schools in michigan and the best high school in detroit um i always joke because kai's tech Cass Tech's a big high school in Detroit, um, our rivals. I will say they did produce better athletes. I, I'll say that right now. They did, you know, but we're still the best high school. But in, in high school, I knew I wanted to do either personal training or strength and conditioning. Now, how I got into it, um, I actually got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 15. Really? Yes. No one in my family has diabetes type one or type two. Really? It was just, it just happened. So huh? I remember being in the hospital and I saw my, I guess it's a hospital roommate. So it was a young kid had to be two years old. I'll never forget this. I remember like it's yesterday. So I'm learning everything about type one diabetes, injections, all this stuff. And I'm sitting here like, dang. How I'm gonna do this. So I remember the young kid. I don't remember his name, but I remember him. Never complained. Two years old. He's two years old. His his parents injecting him. He's just doing what he has to do, not crying, not whining. And I'm looking at this little kid like, oh my goodness, like he's not complaining. He's not doing anything. So I can't complain. <laughs> I'm fifteen. <laughs> I'm fifteen, man. But anyway, I I just remember looking at him and he was just so determined. So I asked him as much as he could, you know, understand, like, how do you keep going? So actually, you know, his parents, you know, his parents step in, like, man, we we just gonna keep going because if we just stop, everything else is just gonna go terrible. We can't have a bad mindset about this. It's either gonna do it's either gonna do one or two things. Is going to keep proving our character through adversity. or are we just going to shut down and shrivel up? Oh. I was like, okay. So I'm sitting, and I remember my mom, you know, she fell asleep on me. She took it worse than I did at the time. My mom, so I'm sitting there thinking, like, hey, what am I going to do? I'm an athlete. You know, I'm, I'm playing basketball at the time. I'm running track doing this. I'm working out. The doctor said, like, they don't know how you got it because you're you're an athlete. So I'm like, OK, I'm thinking in the bed like I got to do something to stay active the rest of my life. I got to do this. I love working out. So I think I'm going to go personal training route. Fast forward to college, college. I went to Oakland University uh, where I ran track. I was a track athlete. Uh, my only regret in life is that I didn't keep pursuing football. You know, I stopped playing football at a very young age to pursue basketball, but didn't even do basketball in college, I actually ran track, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but anyway, my track coach, my sprint coach, he came up to me after one of my worst showings in track and field. Like I ran the 60, the four 60 and 200 indoor, and then the four by one and the hundred outdoor.
1: So you were fast.
0: Eh, uh, I was okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know what fast was till I started going down south. You know, 10-7, oh, 10-8, up in the Midwest, that's pretty fast. But once you start going down south and kids running 10-2, 10-1, now they're fast. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, my track coach, he comes up to me and he's like, you know, Randy, you gonna be a coach one day. I'm looking at him like, man, whatever. Like, you know? So... Fast forward after college. I remember what he said to me. You know. I didn't know if I was gonna fully submerge myself in personal training or strength and conditioning yet. So after college I did personal training. Didn't like it because I'm I'm just not the business savvy guy. Like I just wanna train people. That's yeah. it. That's all yeah. I wanna do. I don't wanna do anything outside of this with business and our I I didn't wanna do all that then. But now Actually doing Driven Elite, I'm learning the business role. You know, I'm a little more mature to handle it. Anyway, I did personal training for about six months, didn't like it. And going back to my mentor, like I said, Coach Healy, I started looking at strength and conditioning, got my CSCS. I'm like, okay, I want to do strength and conditioning. So I get to strength and conditioning, get my first internship um, at Gallaudet University in DC under Stefan Healy, that's my mentor, Coach Healy. Turns out to be one of the best things for me because Gallaudet is School for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing. So with that, I learned, I learned one, a different culture, ASL, American Sign Language, and two, I really learned how to teach movements because I can't talk, <laughs> you know, I cannot talk to these kids. I have to sign, I have to stop, I really have to learn how to teach these kids how to run or jump or cut or land. So it was the best three years of my life. Well, two and a half. Best two and a half years of my life because I really learned how to teach the movements and really learned how to explain. That part got so easy to me, you know. So I was uh, intern for really three months, and then they hired me on as an assistant, and I stayed there for two and a half years. So, at 24, 25, I got my first director role as um, director of peak performance and fitness at Allegheny College in uh, Meadville, Pennsylvania. It was a D3. Now, that position, I was scared. <laughs> I'm, I'm 24, 25. I'm like, my mentor told me I'm ready, but I don't feel ready. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm still a baby. <laughs> but turned out, it went well. You know, um, that first three months, I had a lot of communication with my mentor, and I thank God for him because he he guided me through so much and re encouraged me. You know, he's like, "No, you can do this, and don't be afraid to mess up. Just make sure you don't kill the kids." <laughs> you know, like he was like, he was like, "You're going to mess up with some stuff. Just make sure no one breaks their backs." No one ruptures their knees or any tendons when you're doing your workouts. Have confidence in it. I'm not around you anymore, but this is where you got to learn and grow up, you know? So he would constantly, like, you know what to do, you know, but you're going to mess up in terms of, this is what he told me, like, you're going to mess up in terms of relationships sometimes. You may miss a second of, you know, like a work to rest ratio. If it's supposed to be 60 seconds and you did 58, don't kill yourself over that, (laughs) you know, because I wanted everything to be so perfect. You know, that's what I'm like. And then I want these kids to be bigger, stronger, faster. This is what I didn't know then, what I didn't what I know now that it's going to take time. (laughs) You know, like the first month, these kids are not going to be bigger, stronger, faster you know, like the way you want them to, it's Correct. not going to happen. So that's nope. when I learned, like, look, it takes time. Like all this takes time and don't let the coaches come in and be like, well, they need to be bigger, stronger, faster in a month. Well, that's not going to happen. That's not realistic. You know, like that's what I was learning at that time. But anyway, I was director of uh, peak performance there for a year, 2015 to 2016 Young me saw an opportunity to get more money. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to move to the next position. Um, So I moved to Georgia. I was the director of strength and conditioning at Shorter University in the Gulf South Conference. And that gave me the exposure to the Deep South. So I'm like, this Deep South stuff is different. Like these kids are different. They, They have a different mentality, a different mindset. It helped me grow, you know, like as a person, as a coach, because these kids are just a little different than Northeast or D.C., Virginia kids. All the kids are great. They just have a different mindset, you know, so it helped me grow. It actually pushed me to be a better strength coach because they're like, coach, we ready. So I had to learn how to Don't just say just because they ready, I don't have to ramp everything up 100,000%. We still progressing, you know, progressively overloading, progressively doing this. Just because they say we can doesn't mean the next day we're going 200, 300 pound difference, (laughs) you know. So that's when I really learned how to just, you know, progressively periodize or undulate. And some kids, they can handle better So I can undulate them a little bit I don't have to stay linear with those type of kids Whereas some kids They have to, you know, just continue Simple linear periodization Because they can't handle undulating Because th- their background ain't the same That opened my eyes To like, wow, different kids Like I can undulate this kid Because his background is just just different <laughs> You know, he's a monster Whereas this kid, they're not a monster, but I still have to get them to be better individuals and better athletes. But, um, shorter university, it was a good experience for me, but some, you know, things happen administration wise. And I'm 28 at the time, still learning, still maturing. And someone basically said something to me that if 25 year old me, <laughs> if you said that to me, we probably wouldn't be talking <laughs> right now. We would not be talking right now, coach. <laughs> but I thank God for grace and mercy and maturity, man. Like facts. It, it's just some stuff like if they say to you at the wrong time in life, like we wouldn't be talking. You know, it's just just, just being honest. But short of university from there, um, in 2018, I got to Mississippi Valley State. Um, as their director of strength and conditioning. I never wanted to move to Mississippi in my life, but Mississippi happened to be one of the best situations ever in my life. Why? I learned and grew so much as a person, Uh not just a coach, but a person. And I will say being in Mississippi helped when I moved to Virginia, uh, got the Norfolk State, and then the Hampton gig. It helped me be prepared for where I'm at now. One marriage it helped me to be ready for marriage because um, I will say at first I wanted to be married at 25 and I just want to go back and smack 25 year old me like why did you say that Cause you you weren't ready you weren't ready man but Mississippi it helped prepare me and mature me so much that like it helped me for everything that what I'm going through now but I was at Mississippi Valley for three and a half years. Um, it was a hard first year, but mm-hmm. after those, you know, growing pains and changing the culture, it became one of the best experiences for me. We didn't have much, but we made do with what we had, you know. And then um, that's when I started networking again back in Mississippi, because it it really wasn't much to do in Mississippi <laughs> where, <laughs> where I was at. So I'm like, Man, I gotta get back networking. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. But, like I said, it was one of the best experiences of my life at Mississippi Valley State. And, like I said, that's where I met my uncle. Um, I call him my uncle now, Coach Willie Titan, and that's how we got, you know, full circle back to Driven Elite because he knows Donald Driver and all that. But it, it was just great. And then uh, when I left Mississippi Valley State, director at Norfolk State, and then Norfolk State to Hampton, Hampton to Charlottesville, and now Charlottesville here. So – You kept
1: talking about maturity. What would be your piece of advice to any of our listeners right now that either are young and they're not ready to mature or somebody that is older and needs to figure out how to mature? What's your piece of advice?
0: (laughs) One, be honest with yourself. At at some point, you have to have that face-to-face with yourself in the mirror. What do I need to work on? What do I need to grow in? And then if you're not sure, ask someone you trust. Because, like, I tell these athletes, like, you know, coaches tell – athletes things over and over again but it hits different when your peer tells you
1: yes like, it does. yeah you
0: you need to grow up man but a coach tells you that you know like, ah, that's my coach whatever but when your peer tells you that oh my goodness it it just does something you know so when i had that one-on-one with myself like all right i need to grow in this but what is my mentor coach healy think? and then when i ask him and he tells me It just hits so different, you know, so I know is honest. He's not going to lie to me. He will never lie to me. So when I find someone like that and they say the same thing, you like, dang, it hurts. But it's the truth. So then I'm like, dang, okay, I need to mature. Once I'm honest, then I find someone who can help me. So, for example, if I need some help. From, you know, I I had a talk with Coach Healy and he says, you know, look, you need to do X, Y, Z, you know, and I know it's the truth because it hurts. Well, maybe Coach, Coach Justin, you know, he's been, you know, around. Maybe I'll reach out to Coach Justin and he can help me, you know, like you have to be honest with yourself all the time. man. And then if you're unsure, find someone who will be honest with you. That's a peer. And then get help. From outside sources or someone in your network, you know, do your research, then you just go ask, you know, so I'm getting better with maturity wise, as far as asking for help, you know, as a man, sometimes Mm. I don't want to ask for help because I got an ego, I got got pride, but at the end of the day, if I'm gonna get some help, I got to bring all that down, my ego and my pride. And at the end of the day, when I do, like, it's it's one of the best feelings in the world that I can't describe, you know? Like, I don't know everything, but as a man, I'm wired to, you know, I'm, I'm just going to take on everything and I don't need help. I keep learning. Every time I do that, I fall face first. <laughs> you know, so it's part of, you know, looking back you know, just being honest and asking for help. Once you get better with that, the world gets better. <laughs> you know, I even, you know, look at my wife, like, sometimes I don't want to ask her for help. But when I do, when I do ask her for help, like, it's so much weight that's lifted off my shoulders. I feel so much better. I just walk in the room smiling, saying hi to birds and stuff like it's so much stress that's just gone when you just be honest and ask for help, you know? So I think those are the two biggest things that help me with maturity. Like, I can't do it all. I can't. It's not physically, mentally, spiritually, or emotionally possible to do anything by yourself. You can't do it, (laughs) you know? So yeah, if you're young or if you're old, man, just sometimes you just gotta have those one-on-ones with yourself, like, all right. I need to be honest. If I'm not honest, then you can't mature. If you cannot be honest at all, then you, there's no way you can mature. And then the other H, get help. Honesty mm. and help. You know, honesty, help. Honesty, help. And that's what I've been learning, especially in marriage, man. Being married Jeez. for a year, a year coming up. Oh, man, I got to have these honest conversations with my wife, but I got to say it in a loving way. And then I got to get help. you know but yeah that's what i'll say man honesty and help with maturity and it all comes not overnight you know it's a process so
1: yeah marriage coming up uh 20 days here the anniversary right
0: yeah 20 20 days
1: 20 days three weeks
0: crazy like (laughs) that Um, uh,
1: yeah, as a man that's been married, you know, seven and a half years coming on eight years next May. I mean, mm. yeah, it is, it's, it's different. Um, any of our younger listeners out there that maybe have not been married, like you, first of all, you need to make sure that the, the significant other you have, um, understands your career path. Cause you just talked a lot about, you know, moving and you took the job and she wasn't there and very similar with when I took the Towson job we were Mm both at iowa i left she didn't come out there for seven eight weeks right like you have to make sure that your significant other understands what your job is and who you want to be to the core and isn't going to force you to change who you are because Mm -hmm. my wife was never going to ask me to give up coaching um you know she supported me through you know my quest to be who i wanted to be when you were talking about your your history and your background and you were talking about undulating and linear periodization uh what is your overall training philosophy what are kind of the x's and o's from a ten thousand foot view of how you go about programming not only just what you believe in but like the logistics of okay here's your weight room where's the field located how are you able to make everything work and function and flow
0: start with the philosophy for me is the help Mitigate the risk of injury, basically non-contact, help mitigate the risk of non-contact injury. Sometimes with contact, we can't control that, you know, but if we get these kids moving efficiently and putting them in the right joint angles and things of that nature, then we help mitigate, you know, those risks of non-contact injuries. Um, Number two, I want to help increase, you know, force potential, rate of force, and overall strength for any athlete, um, three, I want to get them to, um, move efficiently. That's what I call it. Move efficiently. And then four, um, I do all this as a platform. So for me and my philosophy, I'm training them not only for their sport, but for life, you know, those are my four things. Now how I go about doing that, it just all goes back to mitigating the risk of injury, um, non-contact injury. Um, So what we're going to do with that, I keep everything short and sweet. You know, the five or six main movements I'm going to do with any athlete, we're going to change it up, you know, based on their sport. But the five or six main things that we're going to do, we're going to do some type of power or uh, rate of force development through some type of Olympic lift variation. And if it's not an Olympic lift variation, we're going to do some type of plyometric variation with appropriate regressions and progressions so if you can't move well obviously i'm not going to put a bar on your back and tell you to do a 90 pound squat jump if you can't squat well (laughs) you know we're going to regress and progress as needed and teach you but still do it based off your training age and what sports you're doing you know so we're going to do some type of olympic lift variation or plyometric variation two lower body wise we're going to do some type of squat goblet overhead basically before doing any type of squat we're going to see if you can do a perfect or see how your body weight squat looks and i'm also going to see how your single leg squat does so single leg squat tells me you know if you're good or we got some imbalances you know so we're going to do some type of squat And from there, based off the sport or what your single leg squat says, we're going to do a lot of work to get your imbalances if you have them. But, again, do some type of squat for the lower body. Uh, We're going to do some type of three. Number three for me, push and pull. So it's either going to be horizontal, it's going to be vertical, 45 degrees with that. And that could be any type of different variation where... Uh, could be barbell, body weight, dumbbells, kettlebells. But we're gonna do some type of push, and we're gonna do some type of pull. You know, for me, any type of push—I mean, any type of pull—I'm gonna do. For me, I typically do. I, I know I don't want to get all into it, but I know some people do one to three. Like, if we're gonna press, we're gonna do some type of three. As long as my backside is getting as strong as my front side, I'm good. Strong backside, we're going to have a good, strong front side, you know, for me. But we can go into, you know, another podcast about that. But, <laughs> you know, everyone does a little different. But um, for me, um, push and pull. After that, uh, number four, we're going to work a lot of posterior chain. So that low back, the glutes and them hamstrings, very important, just like my quads, <laughs> you know, if I want to get my front side strong, we got to get that backside strong, so for me, I just keep everything simple, we're going to train just as hard in the back <laughs> as we're going to do in the front, so a lot of, you know, RDL, step up, glute bridges, and the warm-ups, just making sure we're activating those glutes, and making sure everything's good, you know, proper muscles are activated, um, number five, we're gonna do some type of heavy carry. You know, I love heavy carries for core stability. So we're gonna do some type of carry. Um, it could be chaos. You know, eventually down the line with progressions, two dumbbells, uh hex bar. Every athlete for me is gonna do some type of carry. You know, heavy carry. And then five, we're gonna do some type of sprint. I mean, six, we're gonna do some type of sprint. You know, ten yard. we'll... I'm not gonna say sprint but acceleration (laughs) let me let me let me make that clear some type of acceleration 10 to 20 yards and i love that we can do that here in our weight room because we have a 38 to yeah it's about 38 yard turf so we do a lot of acceleration and then once we teach them the mechanics uh we can load that acceleration you know so those are the six things i'm gonna do you know with athletes especially in here And we just want to make them well-rounded, you know?
1: How do you handle progressions and regressions within a large team, but also taking over a new team with culture? Because I know, again, we're in that time where coaches are going to be taking over a program. How do you respect the individual, but also train them as a team?
0: I will say for me, um, the best thing about here, we, and I'll mention this to, you know, my supervisor, I don't want to train you know, kids in over a 20 a twenty group session. Really? If it's over 20, I don't believe, like, okay, if I have 30 or 35 kids, someone's going to miss something. You know, and there's nothing that I can do unless, you know, we have our interns and GAs, just eyes everywhere. If we have more eyes, I'm okay with, you know, 30 people. But if it's just me, you know, training a group, I don't want to do over 20 because I feel like I can't, you know, do what I need to do and they get the same attention, you know? So if I know all 20 athletes in this group and I've had a good relationship with them, then I I can structure it better. But if I have new guys, so let's say, you know, like you said, um, you know, new coaches coming in and then transfer portal and them. we get different athletes so if we get different athletes within that, you know, group, you know, I know I can say we have 20 and then 15 and then five are new. You know, I know with the 15 that I have, I don't have to look at them as much because, you know, they know what they're doing. Yeah. But these five, you know, maybe the first day after the warm up, I'm taking a good look at them. And then maybe we'll do, you know, different work just to see what they need to work on and then they can jump in. But um, for me, I don't want to do over 20 uh, for what we have now because that way it takes away, you know, from anything going on. But now that, and I'm just speaking here at Driven Elite. League. I ain't speaking anywhere else. These athletes know the culture. They know the tempo. They know the warm up. They know what to expect. Um, If we keep it at 20, then, you know, it's smooth sailing moving forward. So I hope that answered your question. I may have got off a little tangent, but hope that answered your question.
1: No, that makes sense. And hearing you talk about scheduling, are they also helping you with, you know, any of the uh those transition times like that's a question that i'm thinking and maybe our listeners are out there thinking like okay when you go from the off season into spring ball and then all those different intricacies is that again just layered through the director of operations working with the sport oversight or how to just again for to to make again your life easiest in working with the athletes and working with the coaches like just cause I'm super interested in how all of this stuff will work. Like I'm just trying to imagine those transition periods to, you know, getting the energy system work required and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well,
0: transition. So now that, you know, it's winding down here for our semester um, we are actually setting up meetings, you know, with the head coaches and whatnot and athletic trainers. So then, you know, as it's winding down, cause I think next week, Yeah, next week is uh, the week before finals. So it's really slowing down. So we're scheduling all our meetings, you know, within the next couple of weeks. Um, So after that, once we get the game plan, um, you know, we'll better have an idea of how next semester is going to roll. And we really have six to seven weeks to plan. So now, which you kind of asked with, um, you know, basically the – the um, what I'm trying to say. Go back to you. You add, I'm sorry. Go back to your original question because I'm getting off tangent.
1: <clears throat> the original question of like any time that you're going to be going from an in-season to an off-season and whether it's the the softballs with their mm-hmm. non-competitive season or football you're in your early off-season phase you go to spring ball then you get back out like just making sure that the teams in those different transition times if they have to change their schedule yeah, gotcha, is there absolutely. any big wholesale changes how do you handle
0: that right right so There's really not going to be a lot of wholesale changes. And I say that here because our weight room is so big, (laughs) you know, um, we can have three small teams working out at the same time that doesn't conflict with a big team like baseball or football or track. So once we get those in-season teams basically out the way for the spring, it doesn't mess much up with the bigger sports like football because we can wave it differently. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, and I like it because we have 18 racks, you know. <laughs>
1: that is a game changer having that yeah. many racks.
0: Now, if it were if we only had 10 racks or 8, yes, it'd be so messed up. (laughs) That's what what I say, like, trying to get everything together, but fortunately, you know, just being here with 18 racks and, you know, the bigger space, everything has been flowing the way it needs to. Uh So, foreseeing it in the next semester, having issues, I don't see any issues because are sports like lacrosse that will be in the spring or, you know, tennis or they actually won't be lifting three or four times a week. You know, there'll be maybe one to two and that'll open it up for those teams that'll be switching to the offseason. You know, it best thing I can put it will flip flop, <laughs> you know, it will just flip flop and it's not going to be a hassle, you know. So.
1: <clears throat> One of the last questions I have for you to respect for your time is what would be like your biggest piece of advice to any coach that's listening right now or like the, the biggest kind of stamp or thing that you want to leave with our listeners out there about whether it's strength and conditioning or whatever else it is like what is you're like, hey, this is the overarching message that I want to kind of drive through to everybody.
0: For me, um, always be honest. And I'm just going to say this, you know, from, you know, this great conversation we've been having, and it just recircled back to my head. Always be honest, no matter how it's going to make someone else feel, you know, like, and I'll use this example. When we were talking about renegotiating, when my mentor told me. Be honest, because the worst they're going to say is no. Like, you can't control how other people, you know, take honesty. And I'll go back to, you know, honesty, saying it like, yes, be respectful of how you say things. And if it's honest and someone else cannot take it, that's not on you. (laughs) You know, if you said everything and you respected how you said it and, you know, put it in a way where it's not going to be disrespectful, if someone can't take that, that's not on you and it probably was not for you, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, being honest and basically um, honest, respectful, respectful. And just keep going, you know, if you can be honest with people and just admit you make mistakes or, you know, things of that nature with anybody, athletes, or if I made a mistake with you and I came back to you and like Coach Justin, I just want to apologize for whatever happened. Like you said, like both of us said, if we do that, it diffuses so much, you know. So if we learn to just honesty just keep circling in my head. Just be honest. It goes a long way. You know?
1: <clears throat> I love that you clarified and said that because yeah. as you were talking, I wrote down I was like, all right, how do you do it in a in a loving way yeah. where you're not offending people? Because I feel like sometimes people hear that and they're like, All right, cool, let me just dump this on you and like <laughs> say things to you that you never would have once said to you. And I feel like that can get misinterpreted. So the fact that you handled it and said what you did right there, um you know kudos to you on that yeah
0: but yeah man this has been great you know this has been so great and you know i I love it i love what you're doing um i know and i'm gonna just put it out there when we first we were supposed to meet but didn't get to meet till later but we always got to stay in touch you're a great individual i'm gonna put that out everywhere i appreciate that man. everyone needs to hear this you're
1: great. <laughs> I appreciate you know. that. And yeah, we didn't get to meet and, you know, DK yeah. obviously spoke highly about you and that's apparently spoke highly about me to you. And, yep. um, he did. Yeah. Like he's a, I, I love him. Right. And it was yeah. that, that's kind of why we didn't get to meet because I loved on the kids in a loving way. Yeah. And I did exactly what you said. I, d- I told coaches the truth to hey. something that maybe they didn't want to hear. Hey, and I, and I did it as politely as possible. Like,
0: hey. Some people can't handle it,
1: and sometimes it'd be like that,
0: like <laughs> but look where we're at, you know you're right if you're if you're honest it's always gonna come back full circle for you in a great way, you know, so if people can't handle it, you know, we just be mature, and eventually, especially if you're a believer, it's always gonna work out for you, you know, so that's what I'm learning now, so yeah. there is
1: nowhere better to end the show on that. With that, um, Coach, have a great rest of your day. I'm going to go to the gym. I got my kid to go train. Um, Yeah, man. I appreciate you very much, and we'll be in touch.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you.